The Rufus Project would like to advise the following podcast contains spoilers about the 2010 movie Burlesque. If you do not want this movie spoiled, we suggest that you watch it before listening to this podcast. We decided we wanted to find out how you burlesque, so we watched the 2010 movie Burlesque to find out if it was redeemable. Were we successful? Find out after the theme. So bad it's good, what's this movie do you think we should? It's got bad I love dodgy creatures, but we want to know what the redeeming features. Hello and welcome to the Rufus Project Redeeming Features cast, this time featuring the 2010 movie Burlesque. I'm Trevor Holland, I am joined by my good friend and co-host... Christian Fletcher... And we have a very special guest this week to give us a bit of uh, an expert opinion <laughs> on burlesque's uh, ability to portray burlesque. I'm very pleased to uh, bring to the podcast Susie Holland, also known as burlesque performer Violet Van Dutch. Welcome aboard, Susie. Ah, oh, thank you very much, Trevor. It's a pleasure, and it's actually yeah. Violet Von Dutch. I don't know what the hell you just said. <laughs> but welcome, Violet. Great to have you on on the um, the redeeming features car. Thank you very much, Christian. I'm very happy to be here, and I'm not sure if I'm an expert in burlesque. I just love it. <laughs> well, more so than us. Yeah, yeah, more so <laughs> definitely. Than me. <laughs> there were there are a lot of parts where you do scratch your head, and and you need the opinion of somebody who uh, who knows a bit about burlesque as yep. well. So, yes, I, thank you. I, we appreciate having you on board tonight or today. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll do my best. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, before we get into, I suppose, the uh, the nitty gritty of of the movie itself, uh, as usual, we should start by talking a bit of turkey trivia. Now, the uh, talking turkey about this, well, turkey. <laughs> Sorry, it's all right. Burlesque. Uh, it's it's rated a grand total of six point four on IMDb, which you know, is uh, surprisingly high after I watch this movie, but we'll <laughs> save that for later. And uh, budget-wise, it was made in a budget of $55 million, um, and it ended up grossing about $89.5 million worldwide. So it, it actually made its money back and a bit extra. So do we think that uh, that IMDb rating and budget is, uh, is justifiable for this movie? I'm... Yeah, I am really surprised that it even managed to get up to the the eighty million. But you know, leading into something that we'll say later is, you know, it was obviously it was going to get the sort of the mum's market as well too that are interested in this film. So I can see why it went well, and it was actually the most expensive movie made by Screen Gems, which is um, a subsidiary company of um, of Sony. So they definitely put as much into this as possible to make it work. So let's just say a lot of the budget was also um, publicity, perhaps. So, but um, but yeah, in terms of the rating, I don't know. It depends if it's rated by burlesque performers or by the general public, because <laughs> I think that's where the I think that's where the opinions always are very split with this movie. Ah, again, I think maybe we're uh, revealing. <laughs> a bit, uh, a bit extra, a bit early, but that's all right. Um, now, I did have a big 
dig, dig, dig through the trivia um, with related to this movie. And really, I found actually a lot of the trivia quite mundane. But um, one thing I found out that this was Cher's first musical film. It's really hard to believe, actually. Maybe, maybe they didn't want to include Good Times from you know, the, the awful movie she did in the late 60s with Sonny Bono. I don't think anyone wants to remember that film. So, you know, I was quite surprised to read that it was as well. Fair enough. And, uh, and apparently, uh, Christina Aguilera actually wasn't the, uh, the first choice of, of the role. Uh, it, it was originally being considered for Emma Stone. Oh, interesting, because I think it was actually made by the same people that made Easy A, or was released by the same company, so maybe they, yeah, I could see that her fitting in with the lines of being the next hot thing at the time. I was surprised, actually, to read that it was Christina Aguilera's first acting role, not that, not that she's known as being an actress, but I could have sworn she'd been in some terrible, um, you know, celebrity pick back in the early days, you know, in the early 2000s, but I obviously was mistaken there, so burlesque was her first acting role. Cool. Okay, I just want to add one thing to what Trev just said. The role of Nikki, which was the um, the little piece of nastiness that was in the movie that um, was quite abusive towards Christina's character of Ali, um, that role was meant to go to Emma Stone. Um, but, yeah, that was Christina Aguilera's first choice. Oh, interesting. You know, and I suppose the big thing too, like apparently she contributed eight of the ten songs from the soundtrack. So it might have been one of those things of, hey, we want your songs, but oh, I suppose we have to put you in the movie too. So I don't know. You wonder what was happening behind the scenes with that, but you pretty much got her and her music as a package. Yeah, I think she was actually one of the producers on the film as well. I'm not, I, I knew, oh, okay. I, yeah, I think she was, yeah, she was on the board, so to speak. Well, <laughs> It, it, it actually, you know, it, it, you know, I recognise um, actors like Kirsten Bell or Kristen Bell and, and Alan Cumming because they were both in um, Reef of Madness, the movie musical, which was from about 10 years ago. And they were fantastic in that. And I almost felt they were so wasted in this, but not jumping ahead too much. So, oh, yeah. so Kristen I Bell was already in... <laughs> yeah, and, and I love Kristen Bell. And, I'm, you know, because in the early years, she was an off-Broadway actress who would do all these unusual parts. So I, I felt that she was almost, you know, going a bit mainstream by doing this. But that was just my decision, with my, my um, yeah, sure. interpretation with that. <laughs> I was happy to see Cam in there from um, Twilight. Not that I ever watched that movie. No, no, no. Oh, Watch your mouth out. What was that over there? It's a distraction. <laughs> oh, I liked him. He was cute. Well, while we're talking bad movies, <laughs> but maybe we should go on. And uh, as always, we do like to start at, I suppose, the bottom of the barrel start, uh, I suppose, aim low to begin with and, and try to finish on a high. So uh, I've had a dig through the uh, the reviews on Amazon and uh, found a, a nice uh, little tidbit um, with regards to a review. So uh, this one goes... Okay, that's a very strange username. Anyway, um, Burlesque was as about as authentic as the WWE, but with less talent. <laughs> First, the story has been told a thousand times. Aguilera is sick of her backwater hometown, so she puts on her best Dorothy Gale, Jillian Bustier, packs up her little basket of vocal cords and goes over the rainbow to join the cast of Glee as they reimagine showgirls. And oh, how I was longing for someone to get pushed down the stairs. As for Cher, she was campy, trampy imitation Mae West at best. This hooker with a heart of gold cliche made me sad to remember Cher the real actress. You know, back when she was kicking Hollywood's pretentious ass around the block? 
Come back to the five and dime, Jimmy Dean, silkboard, mask, moonstruck. Of course, that was also when she could still move some of her facial muscles. <laughs> she may be delivering Oscar-worthy performances. We just can't see it happening. And poor Stanley Tucci. You could tell he was embarrassed. Every time he hit the screen, he was made of pain. Pain like peanut butter stuck in your throat. Pain like full body paper cuts in a fat of stewed tomatoes. So sad. Aww. Truly, this is no Moulin Rouge. It's not even Coyote Ugly, but it did make me want to chew my leg off to get away. <laughs> Nowhere around it, this is a stinker. Ooh. One star. So Ooh, that we, was nasty. Do we think that was a bit harsh? Oh, it, it was to, to a bit, but Trevor, honestly, in the history of the Redeeming Features, that is the funniest review I think you've read out. I relate to it so much, I think. Oh, God. Poor <laughs> but, um, I actually, I, I've actually got a note here about Botox Sher. I don't even know if calling her. I, I love Sher to bits, but I just felt that exactly what she was saying, she was so expressionless, almost like... It limited her performance so much. You were only getting this, this this very still face with moving lips, and I um yeah I, I kind of felt yeah where was this Academy Award winning actress? I even I even sat there at one stage thinking that you know you won an Academy Award for all these movies, yeah. you know, and um, what happened? But maybe that's what retirement does to you. Apparently, <laughs> farewell tours and then coming back again. Apparently, oh, that doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I felt too, Christine, watching it. I'm going, my goodness, she won the Oscar in, was it 87 or whatever for Moonstruck? Yeah, yeah. And what the hell happened? What Botox. happened to, oh, your Botox, to <laughs> share of the absolutely revealing dress at that, that year Academy Awards and, oh, my God. Plastic and, surgery and, this... and auto-tune. Oh, yeah, auto-tune. <laughs> He's <laughs> that is bad. <laughs> oh, gosh. But it's, um, but it's really interesting. I don't know. I assume, Trevor, you're going to lead in now with a bit of a plot background. I don't want to give too much away. But you've, I, th- I think pretty much the um, the first review sort of says it all. The whole small town girl with yeah. big dreams mm-hmm. uh, finds the yellow brick road. But honestly, yeah, as as um, the reviewer said, it's, it's a plot that's been done so much. I even read somewhere saying even in 1933 and 42nd Street, that plot was old. <laughs> so really, they're just... <laughs> I, I think got Christina in the package, got all these songs and gone, we really need to write something about it. But, you know, they they, um, they, they did the best, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. But the interesting spin, I think, was just adding the whole um, the whole sort of subplot about the whole club closing and the risk of the club closing. Like, I think that was, I think, in the film's defence, I think that was an interesting thing to have added in. If they'd just made it all about Ali's rise to fame and her bitchiness and her possible downfall, I don't know, I think the film would have become even more familiar territory. That was the only kind of thing that you went, oh, that kind of, you know, what's going to happen to the club, even though you, you kind of know in films like this, <laughs> it's going to possibly have a positive outcome. Yeah, <laughs> right at the very last minute. Of course. Well, in this case, was it the last, like, six hours or something before the club oh. went under? Oh, yeah, we've got a really good idea. <laughs> uh, but, it, but in a movie, too, it all just seems to feel like it's going so fast but I think we've had other films travel in the past where we've said this where it sort of goes so fast and then you get sort of half an hour into it and go oh gosh what's the rest of the movie going to be about <laughs> like she just became, seemed to become famous so quickly it wasn't you know I, I think even the I, I did I did enjoy the Madonna ray of light um, montage that they used but I didn't see her development into what she became and sort of that confidence that she ended up kind of exuding mm. Well, she kind of had it to begin with. You just didn't have the confidence to portray it. But to, to get, I suppose I should do a quick, uh, basic rundown. So it is the small town girl escapes from her small town job via song montage and heads to the big city, heads to Hollywood, 
to seek her fame and fortune um, as a as a singer and performer, walks into a burlesque club. You know it's a burlesque club because every chance they get, they show you the fact that the sign outside says burlesque. And <laughs> yes, the burlesque the, lounge. The burlesque lounge. <laughs> and the first song she hears when she walks in is Cher singing a song. About it being burlesque. Oh, <laughs> like, so welcome awful. to burlesque. And in, in brackets, in case you didn't see the sign out front. Yeah, exactly. yeah, in case oh. you were blind, deaf, and silly. Um, and so the story progresses with both uh, Christina Aguilera's rise to fame through the Burlesque Club and through Cher's battle to keep the Burlesque Club from the hands of a greedy developer. Dun, 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 dun. <gasps> and it progresses. <laughs> but yeah, well, it's interesting saying the word burlesque, Trevor, because I don't know if I'm stepping ahead, bit far ahead of me, but I was sort of scratching my head a lot with the use of the term, you know, both in the title and the name of the club, because yeah, they are just ramming it down your throat so much, almost to the point of, okay, what you're seeing is almost, this is a, a blueprint for what burlesque is. That's no. what they're giving that impression. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say no at this point. It is not the blueprint for burlesque whatsoever. I find, found with the movie and the title were two totally different things. Um, to me, burlesque is very tongue-in-cheek. It's very, you know, we do take our clothes off, yay. Um, but we do it in such a way that it's, it's just cheeky and like um, the neo burlesque club. Um, I spent oh god, <laughs> I wish I didn't see that. Because um, neo burlesque for me is it's emotional. It has um, um, the the theme of um, something political or something emotional or something new. That's not the classic burlesque of the like, beginning in the I suppose nineteen ten. You know, probably but, even before that. But yeah, but yeah, this was definitely not neo burlesque because there was no sass. There was no tongue in cheekness. They didn't. Um, I think I only saw one or two items of clothes being removed throughout the whole movie. Um, and of course, you know, burlesque is not always remove your clothes, but it has to have that tongue in cheek element. It has to have that sass. It has to have that wink. It has to have, you know, basically people wanting more. And, you know, and just, yeah, there was no sass. It was just, it was stilted. It was just, it was too choreographed. Damn it. Well that's, well, that's the thing that struck me is the word cabaret struck me so much more, or even a sort of a review show, because they even had those scenes where you had, um, had Alan Cumming on stage. <laughs> I'll, re, I'll rephrase that. We had um, the Alan Cumming's character yeah. on stage. Now that was burlesque. Oh, okay. See, I was looking at that guy, and that struck me straight as vaudeville or that kind of those vaudeville yeah. shows of, of yes, where you kind of had the the, the burlesque acts or, or whatever the, the the female routines broken up with, um, you know, these sort of I suppose like magicians and things like that. So that part to me struck as very cabaret. But then even calling this film cab- uh, cabaret the movie, I know it's been done, but if I was called <laughs> to call it that, you still would say. It's it's incorrect, so it's so hard to know really where it's trying to lie. Yeah, see how that that bit where Alan Cumming and those two dancers were on stage um, doing that very tongue-in-cheek banana routine? Yeah, that would definitely, I think, for me, come under the realm of burlesque. Um, definitely, because it was, it was cheeky. 
I thought, was, I thought that myself. I, I don't love Alan Cumming. He could do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was, I thought, was about the only bit of genuine burlesque in there myself. Yeah. 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 I think that maybe to give it a more accurate title, it should have been called Pop Music Video Lounge. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's oh, pretty much God. most of the routines were basically pop music videos. On the stage, it kept changing size. I, I did notice that for some of the routines the stage got, like, about four or five times larger than had been previously seen. Well, that was the sets. <laughs> the I stage just, I love, got larger. <laughs> I love how, even though we know Christina Aguilera has a huge voice, I love the fact that she can sing over these huge musical numbers without a microphone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, was, I was proud I of that. Like, you know, so I'm, I'm even like, this is how much I thought about it. I'm like, oh, maybe she's got a, a headset mic. Oh, no, they didn't think about that. <laughs> no. No. But, no, no, no. But, yeah, I, I like... I remember reading that that the band, oh, not the band, gosh, even calling them the band, that the music group, the Pussycat Dolls, actually started off as a, um, they were apparently started off as a, you know, apparently a burlesque group. And, and what I saw, a lot of the dance moves were very similar to what I've seen them do. But mm. again, that's saying to me that they weren't burlesque to start with either. So I saw a lot of that coming through in, in that. So that's probably also the pop music um, video element as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I did think Pussycat Dolls. And you know they they they've got their merit. I mean they've, mm, they've got cute but, little corsets and things like this, but yeah, not burlesque to me. I mean burlesque means so many things to so many different people. So this is just my interpretation of it. And yeah, you know, I don't want to take away someone's view on burlesque away from them whatsoever. But yeah, to me, it's got to be vaudeville. It's got to be tongue in cheek. It's got to have sass. And to sort of make it even worse, Christina Aguilera sings a song later on in the in the um, in the movie called "Show Me How You Burlesque." Because of course I've got to have another song with that in there. And I've even written down here a couple of lyrics that say "Love Sex," "Let's See You Burlesque," "Do What I Do Burlesque." So it's 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 a, it's a, it's a total hypocrisy. <laughs> like I don't know. It's always like yeah. Again, but and then as soon as I mention the word "love sex," you just go, "Oh, why did you take it there?" And it's. It's naughty, it's not, yeah, and that's again giving uh, again giving this impression like what we're doing is burlesque. We will brainwash the audience to think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, with, with show, me how, show Me How to Pay Your Burlesque, how the actual stage was a, had these giant flashing letters spelling out burlesque. You know, I'll tell you what, if she was having <laughs> money troubles, maybe she could have spent a bit less on some of those set decorations. Oh, yeah? Because there was some major, major light work and... And prop work going on on that stage for a struggling club. I'm, I'm not too sure how she managed to put them together. Because she oh, and, and, sewed everything. Because she's especially she's how a... especially how struggling they were in those opening scenes. And she's just seemed to me it just seemed she had so many staff, you know. Even though, and it, but it became such an issue when they had to employ Ali as well as a bar, as a waitress. <laughs> you know, it just seemed to me that whole back area was just full of people. And I, I, from working in events. Paying those girls would have been quite difficult if you're having financial issues. So I, you know, I was trying to, yeah, make it all work, especially with the the cost of, you know, light bulb replacements and electricity. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so maybe every second every second Tuesday they have a lights out show. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they could just do the whole thing by torchlight. Now I would go along to that. That's what they should have done. That would have got them over the over the um, limit. But no, they had to have um, Ali quite conveniently break out into song when the um, the music music stopped, which um, seems to be one of those moments. It just feels so set up. But I don't know. I wasn't expecting it, but <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm surprised the music did stop. I mean, the band must have been being paid by the song because there was one point where they were packing up the bar 
and the band was still playing. Oh, bless. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you cut off a band like that. <laughs> and oh yeah, and the song just finishes. And I, I love in movies where okay, I know they're musos, and musos know a lot of songs, but I love how we're not musical. They always know how to take up from where they were up to, and the, and the orchestration just continues exactly like the recording would have. Oh, God, <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I that's talent. But, but it is a musical, which we must think, but even calling it a musical, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is going ahead of myself, but the only kind of, kind of time it felt like it was going into the musical territory was when Sher did that rather, to me, awkward song on the stage at the end. I think it's, you know, you haven't seen The Last of Me. When I say awkward, I mean, and the one I've spoken to about the film has actually mentioned that um, that always felt so weird. It almost felt like they've gone, oh, we better give something for more for sure to do. So they've added this extra song. It always kind of felt like that. So, but that that was probably the only time that it became sort of a musical where. It, but then essentially she was rehearsing a number for her show. So maybe yeah, we haven't really got any musical numbers. So but yeah, it was a convenient like plot related number. Yeah, exactly. Oh, especially when um, oh, she's feeling so tired, she's got to rehearse. Oh my God, she managed to belt it out like someone who just arrived to work. So <laughs> thank God for um, lip syncing. I think <laughs> to a, to a track. So, but um, yeah. But you know, but, it, but you know, it was good seeing her in something again. However, yeah, it, it just felt that it wasn't the, the comeback movie for her. Yeah, I think yeah, it was, I think it was meant to be like yeah, her big comeback and, and Christina's big break. Yeah, well, that obviously worked well. And I think yeah. the problem is, like, I, like I, not knowing much about Christine Regular, I do know that she, uh, you know, has quite a fantastic, you know, singing voice, and I think she's always been lumped in with kind of the Britneys and the, I don't know, the, the Justin Timberlake, maybe that's a bad example, but sort of, I don't know, these late 90s, early 2000s pop queens, even though I think she's a little bit more than that, but I think she's definitely out of her depth with this, but I think her trying to make that launch into, into um, film, you know, this... Should have felt right, and um, and she does a great job with what she's got. But yeah, it probably, um, unfortunately, the fact that the film has had so much backlash, especially for the use of the word burlesque, I think, um, yeah, it wasn't a good choice for her at all. Mm, I just cringe. Sorry. <laughs> and I felt like I'm a big fan of, like, I love the movie Cabaret, and, and I think that they could have done a lot of things like that where they the songs complemented the plot, like they were having, she was having troubles with, you know, trying to find accommodation, and then it would segue to a, a song on stage about that, but maybe they were trying to avoid it to be too much like Cabaret. And then there were a lot of scenes in the club where you, you could have sworn they'd taken a shot right out of Chicago. Oh, I got that feeling, God, you know, yes. Where they're looking at the bar up at the stage, it just felt so much like all that jazz and a couple of scenes like that, and um, it was trying so hard to be Chicago, it's not funny, that's what it felt to me. Oh, <laughs> absolutely, I've actually got that written down in my... Um... Because I've got two lists. One is redeemable and the other <laughs> one is ridiculous. <laughs> and, yeah, under ridiculous, it is like Chicago much, especially during that Diamonds are Girl's Best Friend or Di- oh, doing sure. whatever the Diamonds song was. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, you're trying to be Roxy. <laughs> Uh, admittedly, I did prefer that they. Oh, I'm really appreciative that they used a, a remix version of Marilyn's vocal rather than what they did in Moulin Rouge by having a totally new recording. Like I appreciated that part of it. Like that was like, oh yes, you know. But <laughs> that's oh. where it ended. <laughs> I was getting so excited because I love Marilyn Manson and I love that song. And I was going, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Oh, oh no. I, I think um, I think we should meet Marilyn Monroe for. Oh, the, Marilyn the Monroe. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we did found the 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 sampling of Marilyn Manson's song was quite um, cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was actually, I'm glad you said that because I, you know, 
thought to myself, is that actually it? And you've, you've proven my point. But yeah, I, um, I'm surprised. I'm probably not the, the best audience to be playing, I don't know, or the best film to be putting it into. They try to do a crossover audience or something. <laughs> they, wanted to put, they wanted to put the song on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it, it, yeah, over the closing credits, it's um, that Marilyn Manson's Beautiful People with slightly modified lyrics by Christina Aguilera singing over the top. Just, no, don't uh-huh. do that to Marilyn. With a little sampling <laughs> of Marilyn Manson in the middle of it. It's just, it, it was incredibly wrong. Yeah, it just felt like it was, yeah, not right. It, it, yeah, and it was going for, when I think of things like that, you're also thinking about your target audience, you know. Mm. Like, my mum went and saw this movie, you know, and she, she liked it, you know, because it was a, you know, a sort of, I don't know, I'll get to that later, but... Um, you know, yeah, you're not going to cross over and start playing Marilyn Manson in films like that. It's kind of hard to hard to understand. So, <laughs> but a lot of bad things about this movie are, are hard to understand. Yeah, like <laughs> most of the dialogue for, oh. for one thing. <laughs> it seems like everything Sher was given to say was almost like she was. Like I think one of those reviewers said about being like Mae West. It was like everything had to be a double entendre or almost like something to kind of make her her queer audience kind of <laughs> snigger every time she said something. So I don't know. That was something that I picked up on. Oh yes, yes. It was um, and delivered in such a way that you know it would appeal to all her audiences. I think. Oh, and I think because they're so used to Cher as being this kind of glamour queen, you know. I think that's what coming back to what Trevor was saying about all the lights and things like that too. It's almost like they're going, "This is a Cher movie. This is Cher's first musical. We are going to make this as glitzy as hell." But in many ways too, they gave her the least glitziest sort of character, which felt so weird to me. It's almost like Christina kind of stole the limelight, or, or she was giving it to the new starlet to take from, you know, yes, um, passing take, the take mantle. The <laughs> <laughs> like, it is interesting, like, I was thinking about it being sort of all these sort of pop queens, you know, God, they just need to shove in, like, a few performances from Madonna, Britney and all that, and I think you'd have, you know, a certain group of people's wet dream there, I don't know, <laughs> but um, it would also be a bloody terrible movie, so, and it wouldn't be called Burlesque. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> but, um, but that's one of the things I noticed, like we said about Sher, with, you know, her, her, her um, you know, expression wasn't, you know, wasn't there too much, but I just felt, you know, you're, I was looking at her going, you're one of the great performers and you were just so underutilised, you know, as a performer. I think, I mean, as a character, and I'm, so I'm really glad in, in, a, in a way that they gave her that test subplot with the whole club closing and everything like that so that she could, um, you know, have a little bit more to do. <laughs> yeah, because that, you know, it's shit. <laughs> yeah, and yeah that, we'll and watch, it was we'll also very, it. very, very touching when, um, you know, when Christina is trying to work things out, so Cher gave Christina her brush and some makeup tips. Oh. And that's when we found out that Cher's character had a heart. Cher cares. Uh, it actually felt like, yeah, it was kind of the only sort of poignant or, or touching moment of the film that, that I can remember. So, yeah, it was sort of unexpected at the time. So, no, it was yeah. so touching. Oh, God. That's so <laughs> lovely. Oh, but there was some really interesting things in that movie. Were we able to talk about anything that we redeemed or are we still going on about the ridiculous things? Well, I'm just wondering, it was, it was um, probably before we move on to, to the redeeming features, probably just any um, anything that uh, anyone found particularly outstanding or ridiculous within the movie Oh, itself. God. Please let me go first. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to know, why does everyone head to L.A.? What? Oh, because it's oh. dreams, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, it's got the Hollywood sign. 
Yay, she wakes up just as she was watching the Hollywood sign. Oh, you know, when she comes in on the bus, it's like, oh. But it just seemed like she, like, even though, like, fair enough, she had to make that break from, you know, her, her small town job to, to, you know, to go to LA. It just seemed like she just did it so quickly, like, what was stopping you? You could have done this all along. That's what exactly. it felt like to me. <laughs> well, at the start, she was belting out that show tune in the diner or whatever the hell it was. And, you know, she's saying that she was wanting to leave and get out of here. So she's, you know, she takes a bit of money from the till and all this. And, you know, she hangs around to do the show tune and then goes. I mean, uh, well, I actually half expected, I don't know if I was thinking too much, I half expected a subplot to come in later where the guy from her hometown comes back wanting the money. Exactly. <laughs> and they're trying That's to forget, forget for. the or something like that, kind of, you know, come back to your roots, you know, but, you know, we don't see sort of a downfall to Ali. We just sort of all see it go upward and upward and it doesn't really seem to, it, it's hard to see her kind of having, she doesn't have these ebbs and flows in her character with um. Yeah, I don't know. There's not too many negative things that end up happening. It, it's, no. Yeah. I mean, it's the only thing strange. I can think of, because yeah, I mean, the whole thing was she was waiting to get paid so she could get out of there. She takes money from the till. Oh, he's going to come. Fight. He'll, fight. He'll come get you. Only if he can find me. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> he did that very well. <laughs> I, I didn't know if the break-in in her flat early on was <laughs> meant to have been from the the boss of the diner because it never explained who broke into her house. Or why she didn't just, call the cops. Yeah, exactly. The place <laughs> just yeah, it was just, it was um, just a, a device to get her to the other guy's house. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, oh, uh, that, and, that relationship was just awkward. And then she starts appearing in the paper. So I thought, okay, okay, this is how this is how the the boss is going to find her. No, nope, never shows up. <laughs> yeah, so but, you know, but my thought about that coming came and went. So I'm like, oh, just just give me some other new pot thing. But yeah, the whole thing essentially is the whole keeping of the club and everything, or trying to keep the club open. You know, sort of like once Ali's kind of reached her rise to fame, it's like, okay, on to the next thing. <laughs> you That's know, right. and it is like, see, I think you know, that Kristen Bell's character is it's that she's Nikki, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah cause it's so funny how I, I ended up. I thought she would get a lot more revenge for more things would happen with them, them and. I don't know, it just, and then it was all sort of resolved at the end with, oh, yeah, just get back in the kick line again. Like, Sher's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Even though the night before she, she'd whacked her car with a crowbar, which was quite a bizarre scene, actually. Yeah. I even had to rewind it because I put my head down for two seconds. The next thing I'm up and <laughs> Sher's got a crowbar in her head. I'm like, what did I miss? Sher's <laughs> yeah, on the warpath. You missed the only bit of action in the entire movie. How could you? <laughs> <laughs> I rewound it, though, I promise. <laughs> you crazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> But um, actually, what I thought was was quite an interesting thing was to like further on, when obviously her relationship with uh, with smoking hot Jack of the let's hold cookies in front of my crotch fame, <laughs> who has claimed to have broken up with his fiance, the fiance turns up, of course, all nice and predictable. Oh my god! And so she bounces straight back over to the evil banker who was a romance figure earlier on in the movie. And, uh, I mean, she bounces around quite fast with regards to uh, whose arms she runs to. But then I noticed that um, they, they cut to, to that scene and they start uh, playing Mazzy Star fade into you. I, but I just oh. thought straight away, hey, Mazzy Star, haven't seen you since swept away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Always comes out at the most appropriate time. <laughs> it's in every freaking soundtrack. Oh, my God. And that's when she yeah. found out the evil banker's evil plan to get rid of the burlesque lounge. Look at him. He even looks evil. Could they, do, could they have done anything to make him more slimy? Um, oh, no. 
so damn quickly she just rocks up and then walks into an apartment but yet later on she can't find an apartment when jack tells her that yeah you might need to move out you know oh, good point actually that funny? oh mm, i'm yeah i'm oh, i don't know what, how the hell I, it's a what the you're lost for words. i'm lost for words about it kind of exists in that world of um you know, how she's going through the paper trying to find a job and, oh my God, I'm a singer. And the first, she just puts her head up and she sees a burlesque club, which I suppose is technically incorrect anyway. <laughs> it's not the right place to have found. But, um, but yeah, I, um, yeah, it felt like, you know, maybe those sort of things just exist in their, <laughs> in their own world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it doesn't exist so. in anyone's world that I know. They moved to a completely new town after just deciding that afternoon, hey, I'm going to go, jumps on a bus, gets to L.A., Finds an apartment straight away, then finds a job, and then you know walks in and you know basically starts working and goes behind shares back. Oh dear! <laughs> I, think, I think the moral for any story is go into a bar, pick up a tray, serve some patrons, and you've got a job. Hell yes! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hell yes! Okay. And then you'll be able to prove yourself to get into the main performance line not too much later. That's right. <laughs> but I love the first thing that Sher does, aside from, yeah, the whole, um, actually, I think she says, yeah, going behind her back or whatever. The first thing she does is have to, like, take her hair out and make her and push her boobs up <laughs> and everything like that. It's like, you ain't going to work in this club like that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, you're too well-dressed. Your boobs are too covered. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, but I did like some gorgeous things in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, on that note... Yeah, might be time to uh, to see if we can actually redeem this sucker. So, since we have our guest here, Susie, mm-hmm. could you please let us know if you found anything redeemable about this movie, and if it is indeed redeemable? Oh, I love the costumes. Oh my goodness! I was talking to another girl that I do ballet with, and she is in love with the little pearl outfit that Christina wears. And she would love to have that recreated for her. Um, and I absolutely loved Christina's green dress and her milky white skin set off this beautiful olive green dress just perfectly. And I was like, oh, she's so gorgeous. Um, oh, the the music at the wedding reception. It was 80s. Remember. Yeah, remember the movie? <laughs> remember the <laughs> wedding reception? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like 80s everywhere it was awesome oh god it was that was really good um uh, i I really like the whole cookie thing (laughs) i love that it was so cute Uh, 
That was just gorgeous. Um, and the, yeah, the costumes and the fans, her feather fans, I really liked. Oh, that look! I don't know what the name of the number was, but that one where she did the routine with the feather fans, and you know, she ended up being you know naked at the end, except for the fans over. I, I, yeah, I think that, that might have been the pearl. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Oh, it could be. Could be. I'm not but sure, but yeah. that particular number went me go, made me go, wow! You know, this looks amazing. It was so well shot, and it just felt it felt really good. You yeah. know, and I think I think that's the thing too. And I, I um, no, without not wanting to come across like I'm praising the film, you know, but it does have some great musical numbers. You know, if you break it down and look at some of those songs as their own sort of unique thing, not looking at them in terms of burlesque or, or in the substance of a movie, they are, you know, they're pretty entertaining. You know, you'll mm. happily watch them. It's just a shame that this the kind of plot or this, this <laughs> incorrect title kind of comes into play in there as well. Yeah. Well, yep, yeah, that's what I think are totally redeemable about this movie. Um, but as a whole? As a whole, um, not really too fast on it because the dialogue in between was just, some of it was just so cheesy and so ugh, cringeworthy. To me, on a whole, this movie is not redeemable. <laughs> there was a few things, though, but no, not redeemable. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Very well, the Berlesca says nay to Berlesca. Interesting. Oh, it's a, what's the yeah, hard it one says nay to Berlesca the movie, but not to Berlesca <laughs> the art form of beauty. It is not a Berlesca. It is not a Berlesca. Except for Alan Cummings' um, song with those two dancers. And oh, he wasn't even singing, sorry. It was more his performance. That was Berlesca. And, um, that, yeah, the, the Feather Fan routine. Oh, that was amazing. And oh. I think... So I wonder if there was a different title planned for the film because it would have been interesting to see what that was and if it was named something different and they didn't push the whole burlesque thing so much, whether it would have been a totally different film. I actually think it's it's one of those hard ones in terms of I'm, I'm probably stealing on now to the <laughs> my redeeming features, but I think definitely backing up what Susie said about the musical numbers. See, if, you, if you're looking for something, a reason to see it, see it for the musical numbers. Don't don't get too caught up in the plot, you know. Yeah, if, exactly. if you're a sure fan, oh, yeah, See it so you can see her first musical, but don't expect her to see her in her heyday. <laughs> yeah. Say. And it felt a lot like if you – look, look. as I said earlier, my mum went and saw this, and she, you know, it, she would have gone and see this, you know, at, at, a, at a matinee, you know, at, at the local cinema, and she loved it. She enjoyed it, you know, and I think it works on that level. I think looking at it as something that represents an art, uh, an art form – you know that's where it's totally wrong. So I think it works as kind of a middle of the middle middle of the road 2010 movie that kind of came and went. You know, and I yeah. think it, you know if you're like enjoying something like Chicago, you would enjoy something like this. So I think in that way it's redeemable. But in my, you know, and but to me I sort of felt yeah overall it's not something that I'd want to go out of my way to see again. So mm, yeah. I don't know. It is so it, it's hard. I'm kind of indecisive. I don't want to say it's irredeemable because I think it's redeemable for those other uh, other factors. But let's just say I'm not wouldn't rush back to see it again. But yeah, I don't know. I have asked friends of mine that are, you know, I suppose representative of the general public as well, and they, um, and they said that they didn't like it either. So maybe that was a common common consensus. I don't know. So, but um, just see it for the musical numbers, and don't worry too much about the plot. Maybe mute it during that time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think just don't just don't take it too seriously. If I think you that's just look at it as a romp sort of thing, like um, and look at it from like you said the musical perspective. That would be better. Mm, and it's very, like you said, the costumes, it looks great. You're seeing that $55 million on screen. It's very showy, you know. It would have looked amazing on the big screen, I'll be honest, you know. So it's got those elements, elements that made Chicago and, I don't know, there was that movie Nine, other movies that are very similar, <coughs> excuse me, made them work quite well. So I think it's, yeah, but it just it just missed the mark just a little bit. Mm. 
So you're coming in just under, are you? Yeah, it's a bit of a hard one, but yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say. God, I was even going to say for historical context, you don't say anything historical about this. But yeah, for yeah, as I said, for its context, um, I mean, for you know, for for its existence, yeah, it's as Susie said, a very you know, it's it's a rom com, general musical type thing, and but um, yeah, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again. No, yeah, no, that was the first and last time I'm watching it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, from my point of view, I mean, uh, I did, um, I mean, I did find a few things about it. I did enjoy, I, I don't think, I've, I get the feeling I didn't enjoy as many of the songs as you guys <laughs> did. Um, I did find them, um, most of them um, a bit on the, well, annoying side. And the ones that were plot related definitely went too long. Um, look, I did actually find quite a bit of uh, enjoyment um, with uh, the gay sidekick for Cher, uh, some oh, of his, his one-liners and stuff. He was mostly entertaining. I loved him. And I'm guessing <laughs> that because Cher does look slightly mannish in this movie, it's why they actually hooked up. <laughs> <laughs> like that one part where they're like, I think like he like literally pulls him through the um, the clothes hanger and the legs are in the air. Yeah, there's some really interesting things that they do. Indeed. <laughs> oh, darling, those two together. <laughs> now, even though I wasn't too chuffed to most of the songs, the actual... Like uh, some of the, the like the jazzy music, some of the music played in this movie was actually mm. really good. It had a great tempo, had a great feel, very steampunk. Just a pity a lot of the songs were put over the top, and yep, the costumes were were quite great and very very nice to look at. It does get, does does very much come undone by calling itself burlesque and insisting on pushing that down everyone's throat through the entire movie. How many shots are there? of the club sign. There's at least, I, I think there's at least three songs that actually specifically reference burlesque during the performance. <laughs> and the big show number, show me how you burlesque. Uh, I'm guessing they wanted that to be the, the kick on signal single. Yeah, that didn't work. Um, but I mean, uh, I'm, I'm with Susie here. Pop music videos that do not equal burlesque. It definitely went way too long. The first thing I thought when I, even before I started watching, was, oh my goodness, this movie goes for two hours, and it felt longer. Um, and and the only possible bit of peril would have been the boss from the diner coming back to throw a big spanner in the works, and that just goes absolutely nowhere. Uh, and, yeah, just the, the terrible dialogue... And just for, I don't know, just for being a bad movie, this is not really <laughs> Straight up, it's a bad movie. Don't watch it. It's horrible. <laughs> oh, tell it like how it is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Go check. Oh, gosh. But, um, oh, well, so, yeah, so burlesque wasn't quite favourable amongst us tonight or today. <laughs> no. And I was really hoping to get something that was at least... Partly redeemable, but oh well. You you gave us some <laughs> questions, so good job there, and you too, Susie. I try, I try. <laughs> but you know what? There, this movie has its fans. It does, it does. Um, some of my burlesque friends um told me, um, a couple of days ago that they actually really liked it and really loved the songs and the costumes and things like this. So that's that's awesome. 
Yeah. And I'm happy that they can find some pleasure out of something like this. <laughs> no, for me, it wasn't that great, but they loved it. See, you know, even in the burlesque community, there is like so many different shades of, you know, awesome. Well, and I love that. I love that about us. Some people also <laughs> took their love to the internet. <laughs> Speaking of love. And I found another review for it. <laughs> Titled, What Movie Did the Critics Watch? What's up with all the flack this movie's been getting from critics? It's absolutely dazzling. This has to be one of the best musicals of the past decade. The musical numbers are phenomenal. The costumes are fabulous, and Christina is just marvellous. I've always known she was a great talent, but I think this movie is just what she needed to showcase that talent. Her acting was good, her dancing was on point, and what can I say about that voice? I'm not a fan of Cher, but I really enjoyed her in this movie. Christina and her have great chemistry. The love story was also really cute. Aww. I'm salivating for this to come out on DVD Blu-ray so I can watch it over and over again. Ah, yes. Five stars. Here we go. There's another one. (laughs) Oh, well, they loved it. They loved it as a musical, so, you know, so there are, yeah, there are the fans out there. Absolutely. There are fans on for just about everything. Why did I just think of shock treatment just then? <laughs> oh, we've already covered that I one. Know, it, just, it just popped into my head. I went, oh, no, I'm not a fan. But anyway. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, <laughs> we can't do anything without anything rocky going into it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in fact, we managed to get a bit of rocky AP we in there, did. didn't we? We did. Um, yeah, the Rocky AP being used um, in a very awkward love sex crap scene just before the deed is done. So, so um, I think yeah, during was... the whole undressing cookie scene and she's lying there and she she's looking over her shoulder and we just went, think, think about, about it, Janet. Janet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> it's translating over to other movies as well. Oh, of course, Rocky Grills. <laughs> yes, but this is about burlesque and yes. Okay, so speaking of people out there that might like it, if you think we've been too harsh with burlesque, (laughs) do you think we've been too generous? We would love to hear your thoughts. I'll be putting all the contact details at the end of the podcast, but we certainly would love to hear from you. So I think we've uh, summed up burlesque nicely. So uh, here comes the dreaded moment of each podcast where we find out What's been chosen for the next redeeming feature? So, Christian, I hand it over to you. Oh, Trevor, your your game, um, you know, putting the the the, the, um, the reins in my hands, but um, it has to be done. So, um, it's unlike me to do something quite more recent. I'm more, you know, do a lot of the sort of the older sort of stuff in the seventies and eighties. But I thought I'd go to a film that I've always wanted to see, and I I recently found the DVD for about a dollar. I don't know if that's saying a lot about the film, and I thought this is a sign we are going to be redeeming this film is based on a 60s TV show. It's described as a steampunk western action comedy. It actually, it even inspired a ride at Movie World. And it stars, I never thought I'd be saying this on the podcast, but Will Smith. We're looking at the 1999 film Wild Wild West, which was so bad apparently that 
Movie World changed the name of the ride pretty much as soon as it came out. <laughs> so I, I thought it was time to uh, to visit a film that I've actually always wanted to see, and I don't know if it's something that I'm going to want to win, want to want to have seen. But I, I'm sure your ears pricked up, Susie, when I and Trevor when I said the word steampunk, yes, which I, it's I another found genre of element of it. One of my favourites. Seen this film before? Yeah, I have you seen this movie? I've never seen Wild Wild West. And no, um, truthfully, I never really had the intention, but we do know that those intentions go out the window when it comes to redeeming Oh, definitely. Hey, I never had the intention of doing it, but I thought this was a perfect opportunity. You so boys are I... so brave. Well done. <laughs> oh, especially as I look through the um, the Wikipedia page, I see all these terrible things written about it. Oh, I can't wait to sink my teeth into <laughs> it. Oh, my goodness gracious me. I've seen the rating of it. Oh, I don't want to say anything. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so from 2010's Burlesque to 1999's steampunk western action comedy, it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a change for us next time. Oh, good luck, guys. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think we might need yeah. it. <laughs> I must have tried to incorporate the uh, the the compulsory Fresh Prince rap. <laughs> oh, you have to. But I was just I in my in... oh dear. <laughs> uh, my, my... In my, I'm not. <laughs> Not jumping too head too far ahead, but yeah, apparently Wild Wild West the theme song actually got worst original song at the Raspberry Awards, Yay. so that's probably saying <laughs> saying how coveted the film was by the Raspberries. So the only hope I ever had for this movie was Kevin Klein as the bad guy. So oh, fun. God, I'm hoping for it because yeah, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm a Will Smith fan. So anyway, I don't want to jump too far. Let's save it for the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> so uh, so yep again. Uh, if you have comments, if you've seen Wild Wild West and you want to have your say, definitely let us know. Um, or if you have a movie that you think would be the ultimate challenge for us, we'd love to hear from that, for that as well. You can easily get in touch with The Rufus Project. You can find The Rufus Project on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, if you want to be a bit more private, you can write to us at therufusproject at gmail.com. And of course, head to our homepage, therufusproject.podomatic.com and you can leave all your comments, requests, descriptions, whatever, in the comments below this very podcast episode. Well, uh, he is hoping to... Uh, uh, well, I have another very interesting conversation next time, so... Uh, oh, definitely. So, yeah, look forward to seeing you out in the wild, wild west. Oh, <laughs> booyah! Okay, <laughs> 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 thank you so much, Christian and Susie. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. <laughs> it's been great having you on board, Susie. Thank you. Thank you. It was so much fun. <laughs> Think of me next time there's a burlesque-related movie on <laughs> somewhere. I think this movie made sure there would never be another burlesque-related movie. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I think Trevor has spoken. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I think that Trevor, Trevor has spoken <laughs> indeed. Awesome. Well, see you all next time. Good night. Good night. Boy? Oh, boy. Is it too good to be bad? So bad it's good. What this movie do you think we should? Got bad I love dodgy creatures, but we want to know what the redeeming Boy? Oh boy. Chris 
Christian and Trevor on the case. Watching movies from all over the place. I'm DP, said bad, but we want to know is it fun to be had? Boy? Oh, boy. Reading teachers. 